Hey everybody, welcome to Just for Variety. Today is July 14th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm talking to Josh Gad. The actor, best known for voicing Olaf in the Frozen franchise, recently premiered the second season of Central Park, his animated musical series on Apple TV. I caught up with Gad over Zoom. He was in his trailer on the set of his upcoming drama series, Wolf Like Me in Australia. Gad will soon start shooting Disney Plus's Beauty and the Beast prequel series. He will once again play LeFou opposite Luke Evans as Gaston, as they first did in the 2017 live-action Beauty and the Beast movie. Newcomer Brianna Middleton joins the two as LeFou's stepsister. The musical series will focus on how Gaston and LeFou first met and became friends. In the film, Gad's LeFou was revealed to be gay. So will the new series, since it's a prequel, chronicle LeFou's coming out? Find out what Gad told me coming up on this episode of Just for Variety. But first, let's take a peek inside the pages of this week's magazine. Sure, Schitt's Creek came to an end not so long ago, but Sarah Levy, who played Twyla on the award-winning sitcom starring her brother Dan and their dad Eugene, tells me she thinks a movie is in everyone's future. Sarah, who stars in the new sci-fi series Surreal Estate, believes her brother will ditch a reboot or reunion season for a big screen take on the Rose family. If I know my brother the way I know my brother, none of that will happen. It'll be in a very well thought out, methodical, planned, lovely two hour situation. And and that'll be that. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Here's Josh Dapp. Hey, Josh, how are you? I am living the dream here in, in Australia in a very poorly lit trailer. For which I, I was going to say, are you like in an RV? I thought like maybe you were doing one of those COVID RV road trips with the family. I wish I were that cool. No, I'm uh, I'm in an RV uh, where I am uh, given five minute bouts of rest before they scream at me to get on set. But I um I am so excited to be talking to you today. Me too. How are you? Hey there, you know, there's uh, there's this uh, new variant has found its way to Australia. I was really spoiled and, and you know, walking around without a mask and, and living the life, going to movies again. And then it was all ruined by uh, the, this little virus that keeps finding its way. Did they shut shut down in Australia now again? They shut down. We're, we're still able to shoot, thankfully. Right. But, uh, but it's been, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunately gone the way of of, uh, of the Los Angeles experience of the last year and a half. So it's 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 been a little bit of a bummer, but almost mm-hmm. wrapped and excited to get home. Well, Los Angeles, they just Los Angeles County just the other day said they suggest you wear masks. I, I read that. I read that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at this point, listen. Groundhog the, Yeah, but also, like, sadly, the maskless cat is out of the bag. You can't get that cat back in the bag, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. I think we're, I think it's like the flu. We're just going to have to live with it. And it's, just, yep. it's, it's depressing. And I hope everyone gets vaccinated so that everybody can hopefully overcome getting it quickly. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your beloved Broadway. Bruce Springsteen bringing it back. I am so excited. I mean, like the idea that people can congregate in theaters and 
and see you know live performance again is so exciting to me i was actually gonna try to go see hamilton when i was out here and unfortunately it's it's not gonna happen because of the restrictions but thrilled beyond excited i know it's um it was pretty incredible seeing the footage from springsteen the other night and people like you know like what we were just saying it's you know it's gonna be like the flu you're gonna go in the theater and you know hope for the best and we've done what we can um yeah i've been back to new york a few times now and it's just sad walking through the theater district you're just like it's it's eerie it's and i'm from new york so it's just it's mind-blowing to me my my prayer my hope and my prayer is that there'll be some normalcy again in Mm -hmm. the fall uh i really do i i hold out hope that once the big shows reopen it's going to like a wildfire remind everybody that theater's back and and better than ever. That's what I was thinking about with, uh, with movies, because I was very much of like, no one's going to want to go back to the theaters. It's too scary, blah, blah, blah. I was wrong. People want to go back to the theaters. They're filling them up when they can. More than anything, people want communal experiences right now. Uh, You know, I, I got, I had a chance to go see um, A Quiet Place 2 while I was out here. And and it was such an unbelievably cathartic experience to just sit in a quiet theater with a right. bunch of people and watch a movie on the big screen. And and I think that we, we need that now more than ever. Well, let's talk about being at home and what we get to watch at home. Central yeah. Park. <laughs> you, like, you like that segue? I love that segue. It's, this is why you guys take the big bucks, my friend. I, uh, I, you know, it is when we set out to make Central Park. Um, I, Lauren Bouchard and I, and, and Nora Smith, my my co-conspirators on this show, um, really set out to do something that was, I think, unusual in the landscape, which is. Uh, not only do a musical, but but do something that, dare I say, makes you feel good. You know, you can turn on a TV any second of any day and find uh, cynical content. You can find dark content. It's not hard to find. Uh, it's much harder to find something that makes you feel good, something that, you know, even would go so far as to lift spirits. Um, I think mm-hmm. that there's like a handful, obviously, you know, you, you have... Uh, a show like Sudeikis's, which is incredible, and and mm. and and few others that that sort of do that. But for us, that challenge and that objective became that much more um, important to all of us post pandemic. Mm. I, I think working on Central Park season two and now season three. Um, in the midst of everything that we were experiencing as as a, as a world, uh, made this simple idea that we had at the beginning of this process that much more pronounced, which mm-hmm. is we have to do something to make people feel a sense of joy again. And 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 as as cliche as that sounds, I I, I might say it's one of the hardest challenges I've ever experienced because it, it's a dark time. You know what? And I always say it's much, especially with, you know, trolling and just, you know, the celebrity gossipism. I've always have always said it's so much easier to be mean. It's just cheap. It's just cheap to make people feel good and 
keep their attention is really sadly really hard it's really hard it is and and you know i i definitely um know it makes it doubly hard when you're doing a musical because a lot of people cringe when they hear the word musical right but we we never shied away from it we we always doubled down and and our philosophy was as long as we're not scared of it the audience will embrace it and you know, it's it's why we put together the Avengers of musical theater and the cast. We have Leslie Odom Jr., <laughs> David Diggs, Emmy Raver, Lampman, Stanley Tucci, Catherine Hahn, uh, Titus Burgess, Rory O'Malley. The list goes on and on. And 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 you know, w- once you've got those guys who can deliver the goods, then you have to create the goods. And and our objective on the musical front was we never want to go pastiche. We never want to comment on musical tropes. We want every song to be earned, and not only every song to be earned, but every song to be as timeless as the themes of each episode. So mm-hmm. that you go back and you listen to something like the Sarah Borella song from season one uh, that Molly sings, um, Weirdos Make Great Superheroes, or in season two, this incredible song written by our in-house composers, Kate Anderson and, and, and Elisa Samsel. Um, called Trying Too Hard, sung brilliantly by Emmy Raver Lampman. When when you have songs that, that speak to timeless issues, they don't necessarily have to be funny. They, mm. they can just be so unbelievably universal that people find something that they relate to in them. And hopefully those songs are revisited long after you're done with the episode of television we've made for you. How hard was it to sell the show? The selling the show was the easy part. We we were very, um, I thought it was going to be really hard. And and the truth is, is that um, we went out to three uh, places and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, but it was uh, Hulu, Netflix, and Apple, and all of them were so unbelievably gracious with um, with their desire to have the show on their platforms. Mm-hmm. And and the reason we actually ended up going to Apple, because uh, all of them w- would have been amazing partners, was um, fundamentally we thought it was an amazing opportunity to help define a new service mm. um, as opposed to being one of many. And, and also because Lauren is somebody who is really extremely loyal. And and there was um, there's a woman by the name of Dana Tunier who helped him when he was really kind of trying to survive in the first season of Bob's Burgers to get it on the air and then just have it um, sort of, you know, stay in contention for more seasons. And she really helped fight that battle and helped define that show. And, and Lauren, um, much to his credit was like, I want to, I, I, I want that experience again of, of, you know, getting in the weeds with somebody who knows how the operation works. Right. So what you're telling me is you didn't do it for Apple because you get a really good discount or free iPhones. <laughs> Look, I'm still using the last generation of iPhones. So if, so if that's something that they're giving, uh, you know, <laughs> Jennifer and Reese, then damn it, I want my publicist to call them right now. I need to find that out. Because that is, I, I am definitely not getting those perks. So let's think Dreamcast. Who else do you want singing on the show? A dream cast. I mean, I've, I've, I've basically, there was this sort of like moment 
that was the most surreal moment I think I've had in this experience where uh, for the second part of season two, which um, is premiering in the fall, um, we I, I we had a song that was written by one of my idols, Danny Elfman. Mm. And there's this iconic female driven character that I, I really was, I could only imagine one person playing. And that's Danny's co-conspirator um, from Nightmare Before Christmas, the brilliant Catherine O'Hara. And I literally worked the phones all night long, you know, to to make that happen. And and being on a recording session with Catherine singing a Danny Elfman song that is so off the charts, unbelievable. Um, it, it just was like, okay, I I don't know that anything will top this. You know, there are there are people uh, that I dream of of having on the show at some point, like. Um, Lynn, uh, I would love Lynn to write or, or, or voice character. Ben Platt is somebody that I would love to come on. Uh, I just got a, a text from Cynthia Revo, uh, who, who wanted to do an episode. And I'm like, uh, anything you want to do now we're, we're at a place where we have incoming calls, you know, season one, we had to beg, borrow and steal to get <laughs> anybody, especially composers to understand what it was we were trying to do. And a lot of favors were called into people like, you know, Sarah Bareilles and, and people like Amy Mann, uh, and, and, wow. and people, uh, like Cindy Lauper and season two, suddenly like, you know, when you have a proof of concept, you, you start to, to get, uh, in addition to all of those unbelievable people, folks like, you know, Wyclef Jean coming in and, and, uh, Michael Buble and, you know, we, we have uh, big boy, uh, and, and Shaggy and all of these unbelievable <laughs> superstars wow. who are just, you know, writing a song for an episode of animated TV. And, and it's really, it's a surreal experience and, and one that I'm unbelievably grateful for. We're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, Dad talks all about his much-anticipated return to playing LeFou opposite Luke Evans as Gaston in Disney Plus's new Beauty and the Beast prequel series. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm talking to Josh Dad. So now we have to talk about the sequel. It's finally happening. LeFou. <laughs> Well, it's not called LeFou, um, <laughs> and it's not a sequel. Uh, it, prequel. It's, a it's a prequel. It's a prequel. It's a prequel, and, yeah. and it is um, it is really off the charts. Um, you know, I've I've been. Um, it, it, it's so funny because Luke and I were even when we were doing Beauty and the Beast, we we were like, wouldn't it be fun to to play these characters again in some capacity? And, you know, we've been waiting for the right idea and something that feels fresh and something that feels unexpected. And um, our uh, collaborators, Adam Horowitz and Eddie Fitzes, I think just really hit it out of the park. Um, and we have uh, assembled this unbelievable writer's room who has uh, delivered the goods on a season of television that I think is going to be uh, beyond anyone's wildest expectations and and we're fortunate enough to have the amazing uh speaking of aretha franklin uh liesel tommy who, who's got um the jennifer hudson aretha franklin movie coming out 
Um, and and so we're we're really taking our time and and we're um, we're gearing up for production. But but it's um, it's it's going to be I think it's going to be something really special and, and unbelievably ambitious. Do you know when you'll start shooting? I do. I don't know that I'm privy to share that information, but I do. I know. I know when I'm going to start shooting. I don't know if you're allowed to know when I'm going to start shooting. And a lot of people don't know this, Mark, but Disney's got a really good legal department. So, like, (laughs) I really value not being sued. So I'm going to just sort of plead the fifth on this one. And it requires me to to get in the gym fairly soon because I've seen pictures of my co-star online and uh, let's, let's just say it, it ain't great. Uh, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't great what I'm working with uh, in terms of the most shredded man in show business. So um, uh, we're, we're, we're gearing up, we're gearing up. Songs are being written as we speak um, and locations are being scouted and, and things are real. It's, it's exciting. And you're a producer on it. I am a producer on it. I, it's, um, you know, it, it, along with Luke, it's, it's one of those things where we're able to uh, sort of help guide the process, but the process doesn't need much help. We feel like we're in really great hands. Adam and Eddie, who obviously, you know, come from Lost and Once Upon a Time, right. uh, know mythology better than anyone I've ever worked with, and, and they have immersed themselves in the world of Beauty and the Beast. And what, to me, what makes this project so special is <clears throat> there. there is no greater joy than being able to adapt something from your childhood, like mm. any of these live action uh, adaptations. But you're also limited. The, 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 the audience knows every beat verbatim. Yeah. They know what to expect and what to compare it to. But when you can take iconic characters and sort of put them in unexpected situations that maybe the audience isn't aware of or prepared for, that's when you get to really, I think, have a lot more fun because you're not having to live up to any expectation. You're not having to surpass audiences' already high expectations. You can endeavor to do something heretofore unseen and and unexperienced and and to me that that's the fun from a creative standpoint was there ever a thought that it should be a movie and not a series or did it always start off as a series it always started off as a series i mean i i think that i look i think that there are stories in this world that could potentially be features but for this particular story it always felt like it needed it needed breathing room and it needed mm-hmm. the space that that a disney plus can can offer it um so it was it was from the beginning it was something that we always imagined as a series so since it's a prequel will it involve lefou's coming out journey or will again it be i, I, in I the prequel? <laughs> again you're you're gonna have to tune in when this show airs to see what we're, what we're working up but you know, in, in the process of working on it, we're, we're asking ourselves every relevant question about these characters and endeavoring to do right by them uh, and by this world. And, and I think that, you know, we have, we have origin stories here that are, that are unbelievably exciting because they're unexpected. And, and I think expect the unexpected is all I can really say. And, and not just with regard to LeFou and Gaston, but to a lot of the new characters that we're introducing, including 
an amazing character named Tilly played uh, by this breakout uh, young lady, Brianna Middleton, mm -hmm. who's, gonna, who's just going to blow audiences away. Um, so again, you can keep searching for me to to break my um, to, to break my pact with Disney, where I vow to never speak out of turn in exchange for not being sued. One last question for you: When are you gonna When are you gonna return to Broadway? When do you want to do it? You know, there have been so. Here, here's the sad part. I, th I think this is an exclusive. Um, it, Andrew Rannells and I were literally days before the pandemic shut everything down in Los Angeles, workshopping a show with. Uh, the brilliant director Alex Timbers, um, and we were discussing dates. We were discussing everything, and our intention mm -hmm. was to come back and 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 do it. Um, obviously, <laughs> that got sidelined. Right. But you know, whether it's funny thing happened on the way to the forum or or this project that Andrew and I were working on, um, there has always been these moments where I've been like. I've had one foot in the door and then schedule or something else has interrupted mm -hmm. it, but I am, I am desperate. I'm desperate, you know, and, and I've even toyed around with the idea of going back into Mormon for, for a little stint. Like I, really? you, what you, what you gain from uh, being away from something for so long is a perspective on how you would have done things differently had you had, you know, the opportunity. And so, you know, the, the the short answer is is it is an inevitability um mm. but the long answer is is i i don't know yeah. when yeah i feel like i'm in a jj abrams movie right now with with mm. all of these uh, there's definitely just... some kind of like oh there you go <laughs> but that did it um it's okay there you go um what was the show that you and andrew were doing or that's part of a disney no Contract. No, I, I, uh, I, it was, it's called Gutenberg the Musical. Uh, it's a uh -huh. brilliant, brilliant uh, musical. And, and um, we, uh, we fell in love with it. You know, we also talked about, there was a moment where Andrew and I were actually talking about, I don't know how serious we were, but maybe <laughs> even doing something like the producers and uh, oh, doing a revival of the producers, which which I think would be really fun uh, and and I think would be great. I mean, the, the the truth is is Andrew's like a brother to me, and and I'm looking for yeah. any opportunity if I'm going to go back to the stage to do it alongside of him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about funny thing happened on the way to the forum uh, mm -hmm. and, and others, but but um, I don't know, I don't know. You know, when the time is right, I guess. And the Gutenberg, the musical, is that an original? I'm not familiar with it, if it's something from- No, it's, it's Gutenberg, the musical is, is something that actually has been done, I think off okay. Broadway. Um, and it is such a tour de force. It's, it's basically uh, two guys who are uh, out of work actors trying to put on this very ambitious musical uh, called Gutenberg, uh, the musical about the uh, invention of the printing press, but it is, uh, frankly, a terrible musical. Uh, and and to sell it, these two guys are basically playing all the roles, uh, sort of like Stones in His oh, Pockets or something right, like that. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just so funny and and in the hands of Timber is something that I think could be really special. So we'll see. It's it's definitely not the end, but um, not sure when uh, when that'll happen.
but I guess that's <laughs> literally that's what I thought you were going to say. That would kind of be even more impressive. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's an opportunity for a, a Steve Gutenberg uh, cameo in it. Uh, it should you want to do a walk-on role uh, for a year. But it's uh, no, it's it's a great show, and and I hope we get to do it at some point. Josh, it's great seeing you, even if it's you know this. I know, I know. Congratulations! Soon, soon enough. Yeah, congratulations soon enough on everything. Thank you so much. Always enjoy to talk to you. That was Josh Gad, and that was this week's episode of Just for Variety. Remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. For all your Hollywood news and my Just for Variety column, head over to Variety.com. See you all next time. Mm-hmm.